protesters often face. Introduction Personal investing can radically change your life. It is probably not reasonable to plan on the basis that it will, but it can, and for each of the twelve investors profiled in this book, it has. The freedom which investors enjoy from the drudgery of conventional careers is attractive to many people, but possible paths to achieving this through personal investment are obscure to most. Each of the profiles in this book illustrates one such path. This is not a how-to book or a manifesto. It is a collection of personal stories. But I hope that private investors who read it will, as well as enjoying the stories for their own interest, find some thoughts which can be used to improve their own investment performance. The people in this book are not high earners who have accumulated wealth primarily through their salaries, nor entrepreneurs who have built and sold businesses for cash, nor trustafarians living idly off unearned inheritances. Instead, the people in this book are principally investors. They have accumulated free capital through their own decisions in the stock market, in most cases starting with modest savings from a salary. The skills and temperament required to do this are different from those required to advance in most careers and organizations, and also different from those of an entrepreneur. Personal investing requires no deference, self-promotion, management skills, or tact. It requires only a few good decisions. It is a field where outsiders can excel. An individualistic game loosely defined by rules which are sufficiently static to make experience valuable, but also sufficiently fluid to keep the game interesting. The conditions under which the game is played now are not the same as 15 years ago, when it would have been more difficult to write this book. Then, access to real-time prices and company news cost thousands of pounds a year. Brokerage and stamp duty round-trip costs on a purchase and sale could easily amount to 3% or more. Short selling was almost impossible for most private investors, and market-making spreads were unavoidable on all shares. This book highlights substantial technology-driven improvements in all these areas in recent years, which have facilitated self-directed investing, changing the world of private investors for the better. I decided from an early stage that interviewees would generally appear in the book under disguised names. This was not the result of any great deliberation. It just seemed to me obvious, and still seems obvious, that many investors of the quality I wanted to interview would not be willing to talk freely about their personal finances without a degree of anonymity. Several interviewees made unprompted remarks confirming this early in our discussion. There were two exceptions to this principle of anonymity, Peter Gillenhammer and John Lee, who agreed with my view that they were already public figures to such an extent that anonymity was not a realistic aspiration. It would have been easy to write a book using real names about a different class of investor or purported investor. Those who are seeking publicity for investment seminars or coaching or share tips which they want to sell but the claims of such self-promoting investors usually do not withstand close scrutiny, and they are ultimately less interesting than the publicity-shy but genuinely successful investors in this book. 
For the people in this book, I am convinced of the truth of Oscar Wilde's maxim, man is least himself when he talks in his own person. Give him a mask, and he will tell you the truth. Geographers, surveyors, activists, and eclectics. Whilst each profile can be read on its own, further insight can be gained by classifying the investors into groups. The most salient classification to emerge from the interviews was a distinction based on how investors structure their thinking. This is the distinction between top-down analysis, focusing first on broad trends and macroeconomic conditions, and bottom-up analysis, focusing first on the idiosyncrasies of particular companies. Background. Top-down and bottom-up examples. As an example of top-down analysis, an investor might develop the view that interest rates are likely to fall next year. This leads to the idea that the housing market and therefore house builders' shares will...